Hey everybody and welcome to the show. Today Ray Overdorf comes back on. So Ray, uh, if you listen to the first episode, he was just on recently uh, on the podcast and um, we had a really interesting conversation about this book, As a Man Thinketh, which was written by this guy James Allen back in like 1903. It's wild. It's like a 40 page book. I, I, I'm telling you right now. Even if you don't read, like take the time to read this book, or like buy the Audible version of it, or something. Have have somebody read it to you, because <laughs> it's powerful, man. Uh, we did a, a whole like long course on this book, uh, but I, I got together. I got together again with Ray to talk about a a personality program that he put me through, and it's really helped me understand who I am. Uh, a little bit better. I still don't fully understand who I am completely, but it's, it has me a lot closer. It really pins you down as to who you are as a human. So uh, if you listen to this episode and you want to talk to Ray and you want to find out more about it, it's like an attribute index disc and values index program that will like describe you as a human better than you even know yourself. Like There's some really interesting stuff in there, especially this piece uh, for me that was that I, I treat people like objects. I don't treat people like people. And even when I heard that, my brain was like, Rob, you don't treat people like objects. Don't let this personality test tell you lies about yourself. <laughs> but as I talked to Ray more about it, and as I learned more about myself, uh, there's a fantastic book called Leadership and Self-Deception that really uh, helped me understand why I think the way I do and why I thought that I treated people as people when I was treating them like objects. It's mind-blowing. It, it makes me sound ridiculous. I feel like I'm, I'm ridiculous saying it, but it's all true and it's powerful, man. So uh, if you're interested in any of that, please contact Ray and buy that book. Damn, is that book good. Leadership and Self-Deception. Uh, it's, a, it's a group that did it. It's not like one author uh, that did it, but it's a super, super powerful book. Make sure you check that out. Let's shout out to the, the, the podcast sponsors before we move any further because they, they power this thing. They make it possible, and I love that they're a part of the show. So the Clay Cup, 1304 11th Avenue in Altoona, uh, at the Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. It's coffee and creativity come together in one spot. If you love coffee, if you love tea, if you love painting, watercolor, uh, and just getting creative and, and, and meeting good people and, and having a, a great time with yourself or with others, the Clay Cup is the spot. Sarah Vogel has been on this podcast plenty of times. Uh, Trade Secrets, which is located in Altoona. You can call Trade Secrets at 814-505-6942. So Steph and her husband, they create uh, body care products, but they create them all in-house. Super original and super healthy for your body. Am I saying the word super too much? Sugar scrubs, bath bars, all-natural deodorants, bath bombs, soy wax candles, lip balms. They have it all at Trade Secrets. And Juice, shout out to Juice, 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg, the Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram, J-O-O-S, Cold Pressed Juice and Smoothies, Smoothie Bowls, Bone Broth, Hot Soups, Raw Vegan Baked Goods, and all that goodness for your body at Juice. Now let's get into this episode with my man Ray Overdorf. He's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he's been on this earth for a long time. And I, I say that in a good way because he has so much information inside of him uh, that he shares with me. And hopefully you get something out of it and he can share it with you as well. Let's get this thing started. This is Rob Z Radio. All right, welcome to the uh, show, ladies and gentlemen. Back again, once again, with Ray Overdorf, the second time. Hey, good to be here. Glad to have you here. Thanks yeah. for coming in Thank again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, so if you want to go back and listen to the first episode, it's a couple episodes ago. You can check that out uh, on the podcast. But uh, as I said in the first time we talked, we I've been taking courses with you uh, now for a couple of months. We just had our second course, which was all personality tests, the, uh, the uh, DISC test, attribute index, and the values index. Yes. And uh, I had taken some personality tests before, but I've never... Uh, taking these, especially the expansive, I, I have my folder with me, which is like 80 pages of who yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to find out who I am, it's right here in these 80 pages. Uh, it's super interesting. Uh, and this is, well, it's, it's, it's magical. I, I'd love you just to tell us, you know. Well, I was talking to Jim yesterday and he said, you know, I, I, I reviewed it. He was part of that same class. Jim Wertz. And, and, and he was reviewing it and he said, you know, I just can't believe the accuracy. He said, this thing has nailed me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> in certain ways, it nailed me. In certain ways, 
we were just talking a second ago, uh, me like lying to myself or whatever you'd want to call it, that I thought that I was somebody that I wasn't. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that reveals that in here. So I'm I'm reading through this and I'm and I was saying in the class like this isn't me, Ray. This is weird. Maybe I took the test wrong because this doesn't explain who I am. Um, but then as you explained to me, uh, self. Why can't I think of the word right now? Deception. Yeah. A lot of self-deception creeps in. Exactly. Throughout life. Exactly. Uh, and that right now is what I've been really trying to focus on on a day-to-day basis. But we'll we'll get there in a minute. Um, I. Th- I guess if you want to find out who Ray is and what he's all about, you can go back to the first episode. Um, but let's just talk about how you got into, involved in personality tests and how it's kind of shaped your life. Because obviously you've been involved with this for a long time and taking these, correct? Well, if you if you went back before, uh, I, I really didn't have much time for uh, personality profiles, quite frankly. I mean, I thought because a lot of the ones that I had seen early on, uh, you would you would go in, you do the personality profile. It would say this is what you are, and so then you you need to behave in a certain way because this, and they had a tendency to want to slot you, you know. Oh, okay. And and so I was I've been exposed to different ones, and I really didn't use them that much in my consulting practice until probably in the '90s somewhere somewhere, where I came in contact with uh, Jay Niblick, who is really the founder of of Intermetrics, and. Uh, this work was started uh, by a guy by the name of Robert Hartman, and he was from Germany, and he was a scientist, a mathematician, and he had uh, lived through the the Holocaust, you know, and he had seen what he believed to be the, the worst of of uh, humanity, mm-hmm. and he wanted to be able to say, how can we? How can we do a profile that's going to help people to see where their strengths are and what the what the good in life is, the good of humanity? And so he set out to do the work, and he did the work, and he had it completed, but he never brought it to market. And Jay was doing uh, Jay Nibelik was doing, uh, I think. Uh, maybe a master's or something in one of the colleges down south, and he found this in a foundation. And, and of course, it hadn't been um, computerized. It was just in a raw uh, paper, uh, and the, the work was just uh, huge to bring it to market. So he and another guy put it together, and, and of course, I had, I'd, I'd kind of met Jay before. And so that's how I came in contact with it originally. And uh, when I took the test the first time, I thought, you know, it, it just it was just so right on. So when you did it, you took all three of these at once, the disc? No, no I just took attribute. the intermetrics, the, the, which, which was the attribute index. I took okay. the attribute. And in the quality of the attribute index, the thing I like about the attribute index, which is different than personality profiles, is personality profiles kind of t- speak to how you express yourself and what what the attribute index does, it goes back a step beyond that. And it really looks at how do you think? Mm-hmm. So when, when he put it together, it was designed to determine how you think. And then he looked at what the common areas of thought are, you know, like systemic, looking at the big picture, you know, and uh, what life should be, ought to be based on what your thinking was and what your your, your experience has been uh, looking at uh, the do aspect of life, you know, how you look at how you express yourself and how you do things, how you think about doing things. Mm-hmm. And of course, then the, the more humanistic side, which is the, you know, empathy side, which is how you interact with people. And, uh, and when I, when I saw this and I saw the results of it, and I, I knew at that time that, that this was, a tool that could really help people in identifying their strengths or what they were really good at. And on top of looking at what they were really good at, it also helped them identify those things that they had a preference for. You you may be good at math and extremely good at math, but you may not have a preference to do that. So aligning, you know, where we should be in our role is if here's something we're really good at, but we also have a preference for it. Yeah. You, you should be doing that every day. Yeah. 
because by the end of the day, you're going to have more energy than you had when you started. So when you get in that zone, you know, when you really aligned, uh, then that makes uh, that makes a tremendous difference. And that's where a lot of people get stuck, right? You, you, yep. You'll find that you're really good at something in school. You naturally are talented at it. So automatically your parents or teachers or even yourself, you think, well, that should be my prof- profession. You go into that and you're good at it, but you're miserable doing it. Like you're, you're, well, you're you, talented you, in it, but you don't necessarily want to do that for the rest you, of your you, life. You could be doing anything. Maybe you could be mending a... Um, you found a rabbit in the backyard and, and you're fixing its leg and your grandmother says, you, know, you should be a doctor. You know, right. <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all, you know, but you accept that input and then you take it and you run with it and you find out that you don't have any of the attributes for being a, a doctor or most of the attributes you don't have. You That's not where you should have been. Yeah. Or it could be something, I'm just using that as an example, but it could be anything, the suggestion you know, and we kind of live our lives responding to suggestions unconsciously. Right. Well, that's what we talked about this in the first one, but one of the most, I think, impactful things that you've taught us is like we have seventy to 80,000 thoughts a day, and what's, what's the percentage of those thoughts that are just repeats of things we've heard before and we're just kind of telling ourselves that over well, and over again? Well, they, say, they used to say like 80, 88%, 85%, but now they're saying it's up to 95%. So like that. So 95% of the time you're telling yourself a story that you've been telling yourself for years that maybe somebody else told you that might not be the correct story. It's, it's, it's contaminated at best. <laughs> you know what I'm that's saying? A, I like the way, it's, that's a good way it's, to put it. It's contaminated at best. And probably a big portion of it is untrue, mm-hmm. you know. But yet we use that as the lens through which we see the present moment and determine how we're going to act with that. Yeah. And I think the closer you can get to what your real strengths are, the closer you can get to where your preferences are, and then and then that's when you begin to step into your own genius. And mm-hmm. and we we say this about organizations: there's genius in every organization. And that genius lies deep within each individual. It's leadership's responsibility to create the climate environment that allows that genius to emerge. And I don't know of any organization that's doing it to the degree that they could. Yeah. I know some that are doing some of it, but they don't realize the genius that lies within that organization by helping people to identify what are your strengths, what are your preferences, Put them in a role where they can execute on their strengths and their preferences and watch them fly, you know. I mean, it's unbelievable what can happen. And uh, it's, you know, uh, it's time has come, but yet people were slow. I mean, you can get a good idea, but it's 50, 60 years or 70 years before it really gets to the public or where they're really uh, utilizing it. So when did you first take the attribute index? When did you first find out about it? Probably in the early 90s when I first took Oh, wow. It. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'd taken other tests before, which I kind of blew them off because I'd read. I mean, there's value there, but I didn't see the value that I saw when I took Attribute Index. And uh, and that's when I thought, boy, when you're, when you're going back and you're going back before the expression, you're going back to the thinking process and the fact that you're looking through these uh, different lenses, you know, the big picture lens, the execution lens, and the empathy lens, the people lens, and 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 you have a you have a raw score that says you know you have a competency level for each of those, uh, you have a uh, a preference for each of those, mm-hmm. a bias for each of those, and uh, and then on top of that, uh, what the what the vehicle does, the tool does, it also looks at it looking back at you, not only how you see the world, but how you really looking back at yourself. And 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 then that's that's really where the power comes in. And that can be terrifying. It can that's be. scary for yeah. a lot of people. I, I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this was because, I mean, I always, I never thought that these were like complete BS, but I always thought like, oh, right, like it's going to tell me who I am. Like I know who I am, you know? I know the person that I, I've I've already become, and um, you take these and you realize because I, I took yours and I've taken probably four or five other ones, and it's very interesting um, that you'll kind of rev- it'll, it'll reveal things about you 
that you think aren't true. That was one of the biggest takeaways for me was like, you know, it was, it was telling me, which you helped me uh, with the buying the book Leadership and Self-Deception, which is an incredible book. It I'm, is. I'm still rolling through right now that I've no already question. gotten so much out of, but it talks about how uh, some people see people as objects and they don't, they don't see people as people. And this happened in class. And I, and I said to you, well, there's, I, I, I love people. I've, you know, many friends, I, I feel like I care about people and went on this in my mind, I'm going through this, this long list of things about why I do see people as people. Uh, and you, you didn't say, you didn't really say anything. You just said, well, get this book and it, it might help you answer some of these questions. Exactly. So I got the book and, um, I mean, really the base of the book is trying to help you understand how to, how to really see people as people and not a person as an object that you're trying to, uh, how would you say that taking a person and trying to control them to make yourself happy or trying to deal with them well, or cope with well, who they one, are? One way to say it, Wayne Dyer said it, I thought probably his best. If you, uh, Maybe it wasn't Wayne Dyer, it was somebody else. But you, if you see people as objects, it's like looking at people as an orange, you know, <laughs> and you just squeeze them for all you can get and then you throw them in the trash. Right. So you're really looking at that person. You're really trying to manipulate their talents to benefit you or your company or your organization. And we really need to be more holistic about that. We need to look at and recognize people as being human beings mm -hmm. if you really want to bring out the best in people. And uh, and, and so that makes that just makes a huge difference when you... It, it, the interesting about Attribute Index is that once once you do the uh, uh, the the tool and you get the information back i mean your your level of awareness elevates tremendously you can probably speak to that yourself yeah. the fact that you, you said oh wow you know and but not only for yourself guess what you start being able to better communicate with other people because you see where they're coming from yeah and you understand who they are yeah. and and what their yeah. mission yeah. is or their their yeah. purpose and you can is. see you start being able to recognize their thinking style, their thinking process. The other thing I like about the attribute index is, or there's two things. One is there's a validation score. So some people think, you know, I'm pretty sharp. I can out manipulate this tool. Well, the truth is you can't. And that's a huge thing, right? People think, oh, I can just, I can manipulate this thing and, and have it. it answer how I want it to answer. No, it can't do it. Now, why can't it do it? Well, because why can't you do that? Well, that's one of the things that was one of the things that he uh, incorporated into the test was if you're any of your answers, you're going to the way the test is designed. You're going to have some answers that are incongruent. That's that's going to happen. Yeah. But he put a, a kind of a litmus test on that. He said if there's if there are answers that are incongruent, either one way or the other. If it goes to a certain number, and that number might be three. So if you have three answers that are incongruent, then that's gonna that's gonna destroy your validation score. Mm -hmm. You know, and so so it'll cancel the test and well, just it'll, pretty well, much it'll give you a score that's too late. You you see your validation score there is I think I can't remember yours is in the nineties I think. Yeah, my val it was like at ninety three and then like a. Uh, a uh, 73 I think or something like that which uh, how low does it go to where and somebody listening might not be able to understand this but I, I, I it's it's important to know because yeah mine was a, a 0.93 and a 0.79 yeah which well, means and, that and I think well the the, the 0.93 is is the external in other words that's how you're seeing the world so you're mm -hmm. like you're like really pretty much on accurate yeah you know with who I am and how I see the world yeah how you the see test. the world but how you were looking back and seeing yourself was a little bit different. Yeah. You weren't as clear, so your validation score was in the 79, which is still good. If it drops below 70, then we're questioning whether or not you were being honest with yourself, if you were really given true answers, or, or, or maybe you were being interrupted and you lost your train of thought. So it can be a situation where um, you want say say I I did this test and I knew you were going to see it and I wanted you to think I was a certain person. Yeah. So you take it a certain way yep. to try to convince you that you are this person. Um, it will call you out on your BS basically. It will. It'll be it like will. no, but I don't think that's not who you are. No, and it, and we're either going to have to have a good conversation about <laughs> it, or you're going to say let's go back and do it again and see this time. Be honest with yourself because we can't. You know, we can't move forward if if we don't have a, a 
a, a result that has a good validation score. Yeah. yeah. When when you first took this, how did it change you? What did it do for you? Can you remember back to what it well, was like? Well, it gave like? me a lot of confidence. Uh, that's one of the things I saw. I mean, I was kind of the person. I was. I worked hard. I was humble. I didn't really think I was that good. You know what I mean? I mean, even though I had gotten good results in what I did, but I didn't see myself as being anything but, you know, one of the pack, which I still believe, you know. And But when I took the test, I realized that particularly it helped me because typically if it's the systemic, which is the big picture, the uh, the execution, or if it's the empathy, usually one of those is significantly higher than the other. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we call your master. So that's kind of the one you're going to serve the most. And particularly under pressure, you're going to serve that one. And maybe when you're not under pressure, you might be more able to see the other two. But the other two could be what we call blind spots. So you may not even be seeing that. One of the things I had noticed in my career was that there were so many people that just didn't see what I was seeing. And I just thought they didn't care, you know. But they actually really can't see because that's not the way they're... They weren't seeing it, right. And and that really changed. So that uh, was an eye-opener for you when you took huge it? Huge for me because I ended up being a, what they call a triple master. So I was... Black belt. <laughs> a blue belt, whatever. <laughs> I was like high in all three. Uh-huh. Which just means that I was looking at a lot more information all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at how's this affecting the people. I'm looking at how do, how do we get it done? What's the big picture? What are we missing? So I'm scanning a lot more information. When you're a triple master, you're looking at all of these things, which in the end maybe can help you. But in the short term, sometimes it could slow you down because you're just doing a lot more processing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like it would benefit, I think, people listening, too, just to see some of this. So if you're listening, I'll put this up on my Instagram on uh, the, the IGTV. It's like the Instagram uh, the TV uh, add-on they just put on. Um, I'll put a bunch of my stuff up on here so you can kind of see the person that I am. Oh, <laughs> you sure you want to put that out there? Yeah, why not? What the hell? <laughs> I feel like it would be a good thing for me and for other people. Um, but yeah, I'll put up some examples. So if you're listening to this and you're like, "What are they talking about?" Because it might sound it's confusing. It was when you gave this back to me and we went through this. It's, oh, yeah. it's complicated. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. I'll put some of that up there so you guys can see some examples of what we're talking about. But I think just in, a, in an overall encompassing, if you were going to like kind of put it in a nutshell, this just explains how you interact with the world and how you view the world interacting with you or yes. you interacting with yourself. Yeah. So it's kind of, it determines the what you are from a thinking perspective. Yeah. And then uh, we really didn't, I had done DISC before and I had done values before, but I, when I did the original uh, Intermetrics Attribute Index, the DISC and the values weren't part of it. So when I walked away from it, I was like sold 100%. And, you know, and I signed on, bought the the uh, paid the money, and and became a representative because I just I could just see the value for if I'm going to work, I'm going to be coaching somebody, or I'm going to be coaching an executive team. Mm -hmm. The more they know about each other, and and uh, the uh, one good example was a group that we were working with. They were they they were not for profit, and it was like uh, I think thirteen of them on the executive team. And it was one person who, had, one guy who had been singled out, and he was really said, you know, that he was he was a problem child, and he he kept throwing hand grenades on the table, you know, near the end of the meeting or whatever, so to speak, and you know, he blow everything up. Yeah. And so they were they were kind of at a, uh, an impasse here as to we're going to try to bring this guy around, or we're going to try and get rid of him. And they they said to me, "What do you think?" And I said, "Well, I'd like to I like them to see it through." And then we find out a little bit more about what's going on. And I'd sit in at a couple of their their uh, executive team meetings. So we did we did attribute index with them. And when I looked at the looked at them, because what we do is we do a spreadsheet and we put everybody on there, and take their names off. So oh, okay. then we have we have kind of a collective score of the team. So now you can see how the team thinks. And typically, what will happen is if if the same person is doing most of the hiring. 
they're going to hire people that kind of mimic their their thinking style. Mm-hmm. That's usually what's going to happen, you know. So because you're going to hire somebody who's like you, yeah. you, you see yourself in them or yeah, the skill set. And 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 so what what happened was the. Uh, <clears throat> When we when we put them on the score, and it was just so obvious, you know, most of the people, and, and this is uh, pretty true of volunteer groups, they were high empathy, and when they're high systemic. So if you're sitting in a meeting with a high empathy and a high systemic, there, there's a lot of talking going on, you know, a lot of strategizing going on, a lot of concern for the people, both the the the, the clients and the employees, but not much gets done. Well, what happened was Larry, we'll call him Larry, was the oddball. And he was the guy that he had, he had a high systemic, he was okay on his empathy, but his practical thinking, which is the doing, was off the chart and it was Mm. what we call an equal, It, it didn't have a bias, a minus or plus. So for him, he didn't have a, a, a preference, yes or no, on, on practical thinking. It was kind of an absolute. This is, this is what you do. Right. So when I looked at these tests and I thought, oh, wow. And we, were, we had done an off-site conference and we had a big, like, 20-foot screen and we were showing this stuff on the screen. And, and uh, I, I, I said to Larry before we started showing these, I said, this is your day. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you just wait and see. You'll see. Life's going to change for you today. And he said, I don't understand. I said, you watch. So when I put that up on the board, and, and they could see that there, there, there was all congruent. Everybody was pretty much high empathy, high systemic. And their practical was low. And here's the outlier. Larry, the outlier, Larry, with this practical, it's off the freaking charts, you know. And so I said to the CEO, I says, who do you think that is? And she was going around the room, does anybody know who that is? And they went around the room and they were all thinking and, and, uh, and uh, all of a sudden the CEO says, oh my God. She went like this and I said, let's take a break. So then we took a break and I said, Larry, did, did you get what I was telling you? Well, from that moment on, Larry, he, instead of him being the guy who's throwing hand grenades, he became the go-to guy. I mean, he became the hero because they would do all this strategizing and they would be concerned about the people. And Larry had said, this is what you gotta do, bop, 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 bop. You know, so he, he's sitting there trying to hold back. This is what you gotta do, this is what you gotta do. Right. And they're, they're doing strategy after strategy. You know? and, and, uh, and so that's where his frustration was. And so finally, before the end, his of the hand week, grenades were actually extremely helpful. Yeah, that everybody they didn't understand. They were getting well. He yeah. he may not have presented it as well, but it was because he allowed himself to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And once they found out that he was their ace in the hole, really, and he was the guy that was going to help get things done, I mean, his world changed, and their world changed. Yeah, it changed the whole game. the whole organization. It changed the whole organization. It was amazing. Because organizations have a tendency to hire people like themselves that think like themselves. Yeah, and uh, so just in that case, this changed their whole profile of their their executive team. Well, I guess you see that in I mean, look at like uh, any tech company now, right? They're yeah. they're mostly like yeah, liberal, yeah. Uh, leaning on that end, and yeah. they hire the same. So they've come into issues where they're like skewing their news yeah. towards liberal liberal news and that sort of stuff, and people get on their case about it, and it makes sense. Like if the person running it is that way, they're gonna gravitate towards. It's hard to gravitate towards people who aren't like you, right? It, you have to really challenge yourself it, to do it, that. And and that's a, that's another value of the tool. You know, if people were doing the hiring or aware of this tool, then they can think about thinking, right? You know, instead of doing it automatically, subconsciously, start thinking about thinking and say, well, we want a well-balanced organization because we're doing more than just one or two things. We're doing a lot of different things. Yeah. And that requires different uh, strengths, different attributes, and people that, that think differently. And so we're going to get more, more synergy and more, you know, more performance out of the people.
Do you think, like, what at what age should you first take these personality tests? Because I wish I would have taken this, you know, I don't know if in junior high how much it would have, I mean, I'm sure it would have helped in some way, shape, or form, but it seems like high school for sure it would have made an impact, college for sure it would have made an impact, and then kind of updating as you went along throughout life, taking it again and again and again. To I see think I gave it to my grandkids when they were in uh, either junior high or first year in high school. And, and they found it to be a big, big asset to them because it revealed some things that they weren't aware of, yeah. and helped them to, to, you know, better identify how they were approaching their, their, their aspirations for their career. I mean, this should be a, a course in for school. Sure, sure. It would be fantastic. It would be, it would be unbelievably beneficial. Sure. Have a course on this, a course on, you know, what interest is and what insurance is. Yeah. <laughs> All the things that you're like totally confused about. You mean like about. life skills? Is yeah, that what just you're basically about? it's a life skills class. Yeah, it'd be yeah, simple, right? Yeah. You but, should teach it. Come on, Ray. Let's put the class together. Yeah. Um, but it would be so powerful. I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine taking this in, in eighth grade to figure out who you are. Even like try it in sixth grade and see what that does. Yeah. Like, yeah. It couldn't hurt anything. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it would hurt. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, that, that Jay... Uh, has some background on when when the best time to begin to introduce that uh, test. To, but I think the earlier the better, and it's probably then, you know, once you finish college, it's probably going to change then because you've had some uh, different uh, information came to you that you probably weren't available to. But, yeah. the th- but the thing of it is you have a natural, part of it, you have a natural thinking style. And, and you can, through your own work, I mean, one of the people we worked with, he had a relatively low empathy score, and he focused on that, and he d- decided that, and we had many like this, that this was something for his role that he needed to be stronger in mm-hmm. his empathy, and he went to work on it, and it was amazing how much he changed that score, and of course, that's helped him in his, in his profession. Yeah, uh, uh, and that's, he, that's the cool thing, is you can readjust who you are then. And that's where the, uh, you know, uh, leadership of self-deception from the Arbinger Institute came into play because, you know, I'd given him that book and I said, look, let's digest this book and let's go through and let's see what you need to uh, change about how you see your your prospective clients. Mm -hmm. And he was seeing them. He wasn't discourteous. He was polite. He always did all the right things. But he was seeing them as... Uh, an opportunity to do business rather than seeing them as people. That he can help, that need so help. So he's actually looking at them as an object, right. not knowing that he was looking at them as an object. And that's the crazy thing is without even, because well, this is for me and I assume it was the same for him, uh, that you don't you think that you're looking at them as people. Yes. You don't think like, oh, I'm just trying to take advantage of this person. That's my main goal. I mean, some people are like that. Maybe Machiavellian or whatever the yeah. the personality trait would be. But... Uh, I never well, occurred to me like, oh yeah, well, that is. But maybe you're not even trying to take advantage of them. You're just seeing an opportunity. Yeah, you're saying, oh, this guy's pretty good. He, had, he, I can, I can benefit from a relationship with this thing, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to let me get to know the person. And you know, we do, we we teach in our coaching classes that number one, always, always, always respect the individual first always 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 you know and to try and get people to see that because when you do that you elevate that person and the cooperation and everything you get from that person is so much more is so richer yeah than if you're just seeing them for what they can do yeah you know and and that was one of the things that I intuitively learned probably from my grandmother but uh, when I went into management and leadership, I always respected the person for who they were. And then, then we looked at the performance, but we're, we're really concerned with the individual. If I build a good relationship with somebody, I'm, I may know they're a poor performer, but I can still have a good relationship with somebody, even if they're, and I can help them become a good performer. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, connect with them, I'll probably never get them to be a good performer. Yeah. And I mean, I gotta make that connection with them first. And and, and, and that's continuously, you know. Right. 
Mm. It's not just like one time. And it, and it has to be sincere and it has to be authentic, mm-hmm. you know. And when you when you master that part of it, I mean, that's part of what we teach, you know, uh, is to, to always respect the individual first. Yeah, which especially in the corporate world can get really difficult. Well, when then you're you can, just worried about numbers and yeah, and then you can communicate expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the, then you can come back depending on how things go. You 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 can also if, if people make progress, maybe they didn't make as much progress as they wanted or as you wanted to see. But the, you respect the person and you, and you praise the effort that they put forth rather than condemning what went wrong. I mean. Somebody does something. It doesn't always go. It doesn't all go wrong. Maybe something goes wrong, but let's let's highlight what went well. Yeah, and then we can talk about how we can improve what didn't go so well. And if you have good respect for the person, they're open to that. Mm-hmm. And that's how you grow people, and that's how you uh, improve uh, performance and and grow organizations. You were saying when you. Uh I don't know if it was when you first took the disc test, but you were a, a high D when you were on, on the disc. Yeah, yeah it was. Which but, means you're very assertive. <clears throat> you were uh, like authoritative. What are the attributes of, of a of a high D? Well, you're 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 straightforward. Okay. Um, you're 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 outgoing. You're you're direct. And and in the the first time I took it, probably I was in that role too. Mm-hmm. I was probably. Uh, <clears throat> doing a lot of things, and I'd been in leadership roles, strong leadership roles. I'd been in a company that was very autocratic in terms of their leadership style. So I think probably some of that kind of worked over. As time went on, I started realizing more and more and more that uh, you know, becoming an influencer as opposed to a director. Did the test wake you up to that? Was that something that kind of or did you do that on your own that you realized you needed to, to shift I that? Think, I think the first time I took it, I wasn't really that happy with what it told me. <laughs> and actually, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Intermetrics. The first time I took DISC was actually b- before I took the uh, Intermetrics. And then uh, later on, um, Intermetrics got the attribute, in the, uh, attribute index and then they then got the disc. And so I took mm-hmm. the disc again, and I seen dramatic change. And your I went way up, which yeah, is like yeah. individualistic. Yeah. And, and your D came down. Yeah, you're more of an influencer. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, persuader, promoter versus a director. Instead of a sergeant, you're more of a, per, a persuader, promoter. Not being as forceful with what you're doing, more of persuading. More effective. Yeah. But, but you know, you get less resistance. You're more effective. Uh, so somebody would see a high D, or I mean, you would see yourself as a high D and be like, oh, I'm, there's good traits to that, right? I mean, there definitely sure. are good parts to being that, sure. especially in the world you were in, yes. in the corporate world, you needed to be that yeah, person. Yeah, well, well, a lot of us, a lot of them were. It was, nece- it was like out of necessity. Almost, yeah. Um, but you realize becoming a high I would, you could still be the same person, but get more out of people. Is I that could like, actually get more done. Okay. And uh, create a better, stronger organization. Uh, not that I wanted people to like me. I just wanted people to like their job. And I wasn't really concerned whether they liked me or not, but I wanted them to like their job and enjoy the, uh, getting, getting the job done. So I found that if I could get them more engaged and, and, uh, and they could take, help them take ownership to what they were doing, you know, then this was the tool. And I saw it change dramatically. My D is still there. It's my backup, but my my uh, my eye, my influence, uh, persuader, promoter went way up. And that's your ability to ask questions and bring people to the table mm-hmm. through the power questions. Basically, is what's going on. Instead of telling them what to do, ask them the questions so yeah. they can answer it for themselves. Yeah, because you, you kind of set the stage, you know, and then you know you res- you, you respect them first, and then set the stage and then you start talking about what's your plan, where do you need help, whatever, trying to, what are you trying to accomplish today and and however you go about doing that, but engaging them so that they're telling you what their plan is rather than you telling them what their plan is. Right. It always works better if the person, even if <laughs> even if you've tricked them into giving themselves the answer, it always works that way. I'm not it, saying it, you're trying to trick people, but yeah. Well, but through questions you get them to become aware of what, what they 
knew that they didn't think they knew, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's it's a great tool for for a leader who likes leadership. You may not have all of the traits. Maybe the seventy-eight attributes may not all be in in a sequence, or may not be as high as you would like them to be. Mm-hmm. But it it puts you on a course. It says, "Okay, I'm now aware." And by looking at the uh, the internals, looking at yourself, and realizing what your strengths are there and where your opportunities are, particularly on your on your internals, then you can begin to build a program for yourself that can take you to wherever you need to be. And I, and, th- and that's what I liked about uh, the whole tool. It just doesn't say, okay, this is what you are, and you gotta stay here. It says, this is what your strengths are, let's build on your strengths. Let's mm-hmm. use what the maker put in you, not try to create things that the maker didn't put in you. You know, and so, the, so a lot of times, and I mean, even the school systems, uh, <clears throat> they try to, educate everybody so that everybody can, uh, you know, perform, you can go in and perform the role that they give you. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you don't have the attributes for that role. Yeah. So you're going to be unhappy and you're not going to perform that well. It's, so it doesn't matter, it wouldn't matter what you're learning, it's just how you're, how they're asking you to learn. Yeah. And that, so that you, it's your, it's, it's not really who you are. So yeah. What Jay talks about, and he, and he wrote a book, What's Your Genius, which is a great book, by the way, and talks some more in depth about how they came up with the attribute index and what they tried to accomplish and all the surveys they did to try and uh, relate uh, aligning with your attribute index and your potential for success. And there's a direct relationship between the two. So the more aligned you are, uh, more aware, the more aligned and the more authentic the higher your probability for success. So if you're going after the money, and depending on what industry you're in, you may get there, but you may be miserable when you get there, yeah. and you find out you don't want to be there. Uh, in some of his conferences, I had him. I, I heard him speak. He said he had asked the question, "How many are feeling in the position you're in right now? How many feel fulfilled?" And he had he had asked that question all over the world. And less than 50% typically will raise their hand and say, I, I, either, um, I either feel fulfilled or somewhat fulfilled. And then imagine that, 50% of the people, and these are audiences all over the world, different countries, people are doing things and they're not getting fulfillment out of it. Yeah. Well, just think about what does that mean? Yeah, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah. What does it mean for the individual? What does it mean for the organization? What does it mean for everybody uh, who's around product, them, who's affected by them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you can help people, and he advocates the fact instead of find, look at your strengths, mm-hmm. and then build a role that supports your strength. Mm-hmm. Don't don't create the role and then try to manipulate you, massage you into that role. Yeah. And 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 so so you can make a left turn or a right turn. He's advocating to to make the right turn. You know, in other words, build a role that supports the attributes of the individual. Which and, would uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and there may be some little things that he's gonna have to do that maybe aren't in his you know, in his zone, his strength zone, but still or her, whichever. Mm-hmm. And it make a big difference. Well, it's just uh, that's why I go back to thinking like this should be taken so early in life, you know, because you get yourself like I didn't take this until I was thirty five, right? I mean, you should be taking this before you ever step into a role to figure out what role you should really be stepping yeah, into. Really know what your strengths are. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could that could change the trajectory of your of your life, of your of your high school life, of your college life, of just going whatever you decide to, to do, you would have a direction to go in instead of uh, like a lot of people and uh, me included kind of wandering aimlessly for a long time and not really knowing where to go. Like you wouldn't go to college undecided. If you took this, I imagine you wouldn't go to college undecided. No, because you would have a plan. Yeah, you 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 would try and match your 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 curriculum up with where your strengths are. 
Yeah. And, and that could be a whole part of a counselor, right? Yeah, they can they can counsel you into Absolutely. Absolutely. They would just it just makes so much sense. Yeah. It's a and, shame. And, and the thing of it is it only takes like fifteen, twenty minutes and you get an eighty page result or maybe thirty minutes at the tops. Yeah. And you get an eighty page uh, feedback that says, you know, this this is how this is who you are. Uh, I imagine it's like when you go to heaven and they give you your, this is your life. Here's yeah. your book of life. Yeah. <laughs> but you get a little bit earlier if you yeah. take this. And then, and then, of course, when you go to the, the values index, it says this is what motivates you. And the dish says this is how you express. So it's kind of the... The, the trifecta. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think... There's a, there's a lot of these, right? There's the Hexaco. There's um, uh, there's one called the Dark Triad that I like. There's Myers Briggs, uh, and then there's Disc Attribute Index, Values Index. What, you, I'm sure you've taken most of them. What was it about? I, I guess to answer your question for you first, like it's the fact that this brings all three together. But what was it about this that really well? I think separated. It's that it it brings all three together, and so now you're looking at. Uh, uh, the the what the why and the how yeah you know which what more do you need to know you know this is who you are this is why you do what you do and this is how you do it and 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 so now you can you can kind of design your life around that and of course you can make changes that was the other thing that that they don't advocate that this is who you are and you can't change where some of the others do mm-hmm. and uh, what he's saying is when we the, the philosophy, the concept is that if you want to change, you know, there's a way to do that. You have to do the work. And I cited one example. I could cite dozens of examples where people made a decision. For whatever reason, they didn't like what they saw. And so it was an awakening for them. But we said, well, if, if you want to change this, here's what you need to do. Yeah, You need to do this, 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 and this. And if they do that consistently, like... Example, um, had one person who was very low on systems, systemic, big picture thinking. And, and, and the role that he had, he needed to be able to think that way. And we said, we, we can help you learn how to think systemically, mm-hmm. but you have to do the work. And, and so we put a program together for him, and we started helping him because his role required that. And he liked his role, but he, he had a blind spot. So in order for him to be good at his role, there was a big portion of his role he loved. But but the systemic thinking part of it, the planning part of it, was a necessary part of that. So in order for him to be good at his total job, he was going to have to keep that up. So we went to work to help him, and he became great. I mean, he, he was able to create new neural nets around looking at the big picture and uh, how things should be, ought to be. And he became a great, uh, his systemic went way up. Mm-hmm. So it, you're able, and that's the thing. I've always had the philosophy that if you want to change bad enough, you can you can make that change. Yeah. And I never liked the idea of saying this is what you are and you can't change. I never liked that. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be necessarily easy I mean, or fast. Right. But it can be done. It can be done. And if you have the desire and the will and willing to put forth the effort, I mean, you can totally change your profile. I mean, it's, uh, again, it's not going to be easy. But what but, I find is once you take this, you can't help but continuously think about it. Yes. I think about it all day long now. Yeah. And I'll reference the guide and be like, well, where, where am I here? Why am I, exactly. why am I feeling this way or reacting this way? Or why is somebody else reacting this way so, towards me? Are they? Yeah. yeah. What, what it does, it elevates your awareness and it allows you to move, to become more authentic and become more effective. Yeah. You know, and uh, so it's. Uh, I I just I just love the tool. I don't literally work with anybody that I don't use the tool. So have you? What would you say to anybody? I'm sure you've met people like this uh, who refuse to take a personality test. Some well, people will downright just be like, "I'm not taking that stupid crap." That's a. It's much well, witchcraft. It, it, <laughs> me as an executive coach, as you know, I have a certification in life coaching as well, but. Uh, I would say I can't work with that person uh, long term if they're not willing to kind of look at themselves uh, because of what, what, what's the point yeah. unless they have a I could learn in in probably a weekend what it would take me a couple of years to learn in working with that person mm-hmm. so we could 
And You're bypassing we could, so much. Yeah, we could scale up so much so fast. I get them to see who they are. I can see who they are. And we can pinpoint, okay, here's where we need to do some work. Like an example, when they look at their internals, you know, if they don't have uh, clear self-direction, well, I know they're wandering around like, you know, a lost sheep. Right. So if we can get self-direction, we can get good, clear self-direction, and then we can look at, okay, well, their role awareness to support that self-direction. Everything in their life is going to start to change. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is going to start to change. And particularly if you run into somebody, we run into people sometimes that they're, the, scare, the scale is one to ten. We'll run people that are four or below. I mean, they're in trouble. Yeah. They're in pain, big time. Yeah, just I guess for an, a practical example of that, I'd like to go through uh, just to give people an idea of what that looks like. Because, I mean, the, the low ones that I have on mine are um, my role uh, my role awareness, I believe. And I should have had the page ready to go before we started the podcast. But, of course, it's my, my preparation level. Um, so, yeah, like if you're, if you're watching on uh, – I have a live stream on Twitter right now. You can see my chart. Like my role awareness is very is not very low, but it's lower than the rest, and my um, my self direction is is those are the two lowest that I have. So, what would you say to me, just to give people an idea of like if they take this like so my empathy's almost at a seven, my practical thinking's at an eight, my systems judgment is at a nine, uh, my self esteem's at like a seven and a half, but my role awareness is at a five seven. What would you say? To somebody with that sort of with with low role awareness, what is the well? Your self direction is a six four and it's plus, and it, and it says it's not really as high as I'd like to see it. Yeah, but yet you feel you're very positive about it. You feel like you're going in the right direction, mm-hmm. and so you, it's going to continue. So it's been showing improvement, mm-hmm. and it will continue to show improve because <clears throat> you're, you're you're feeling positive. That's what the plus indicates. Right. You're you're happy with the direction you're, you're moving in terms of of your self direction, and then on your um, on your role awareness, it's how you're going to get there isn't as quite as clear as your self direction. Okay. So, what's my role in in executing on this? I'm I'm not I'm not as sure of that, but I'm also positive, and I, I'm and I'm making improvements on that. So when those two, when you can get those two up in the in the sevens and eights, mm-hmm. I mean you're 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 flying. You're, you're doing. Flying. That's when you're a triple master. Yeah, you're when you you're, get that. You're, you're flying. Yeah, and, and of course when you get on the externals, you get them all above uh, in the eights or nines. Uh, that's a triple master, and that's when you're seeing the, the world clearly. Uh, you're uh, you're seeing the systemic. You're seeing the execution, the practical, and you're seeing the people and how things affect the people. And it makes it, it makes a huge difference. Uh, now, when you originally took this, were you uh, were you automatically a, a triple master? I was. You, oh, you were right off the yeah. bat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you, how did you how did you adjust then? If you have all of your attributes uh, high up on the charts, what was your adjusting? Well, I saw levels? some I saw some opportunity in, on the in, on the on inter- internal on the internals. Yeah. Even though they were high, uh, they weren't quite as high as the externals. So I saw some opportunity there for me to. And my empathy was, uh, even though my empathy was high, and I kind of knew this, but but it really, it was kind of like slapped me up alongside the head, <laughs> which was that my, my empathy was uh, uh, like an eight, five or something, but it was a minus. That's what mine, my, my empathy is like a six, what, so, nine, but it's a minus. So what I realized, I had the competency, you know, but I, I didn't have the focus on empathy the way I should. And so for me, it was a matter of start thinking more about thinking, thinking more about thinking, uh, you know, asking more questions about the person. So there are things that I could do that helped me to elevate that and make that a positive. Right. Because if I'm not thinking about it, then I probably maybe maybe I would ignore it. And I, you know, had the capability, had the competency. Yeah, but it but, wasn't one of your main focuses. But it wasn't a top preference. Yeah, and so therefore it was a it had the potential to be a bit of a blindside for me. 
Yeah, so this can just, I mean, to re- when when do you take these? Do you take them every couple of years? Do you retake it? Well, I encourage people to take them like, a, you know, every couple of years. The first one is if we're going to, if somebody wants to improve their performance or they're changing uh, jobs or even if you're, if somebody is, if you're running a company mm-hmm. and you're interviewing people to promote them into a leadership position, I mean, I highly recommend that you, that you do the, uh, the, the advanced insights, which includes the you know the attribute index, the disk, and the and the values, because it tells you whether that person's gonna they're ready for that position that you're gonna put them into or whether they're not. Yeah. You know, and uh, they may have been good performing at where they were, but now you're stepping into a different level of uh, thinking and performance, and it needs to be uh, needs to be looked at. I mean, they're huge. Again, you may know that person for a lot of years. You can learn in a couple of hours. Do do psychologists or psychiatrists use these? Some of them do. Yeah, because they would really. I mean, yeah, they that would really help. Yeah. This would help to, like you say, to bypass a lot of that information. It might take years to get out. You could cover a lot of ground right here. Yeah, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, my my uh, one granddaughter just graduated from Rochester University in their psychology department. I haven't talked to her, I, other than I said, you know, we need to take that again. I haven't talked to her about whether or not they took some of these types of things in, in her curriculum or not. I, I didn't, uh, I don't know. I always think of, whenever we're, we're talking about this, it pops in my head, I was in radio for a long time, and um, towards the end of my radio stint, they started having the DJs write up, like if you were like a, a program director for the radio station, so you were like, planned everything, contests, you got the contest ready. Mm-hmm. They started having us write contest roles. They started having radio DJs write contest roles. And after going through this, it made me realize like they never took one of these. Right. Because they would never have a DJ who's like more um, just not exactly great on the minor details and those right. sorts of things. Not right. good at sitting in front of a computer and mapping out contest rules right. <laughs> like more of a creative atmosphere and kind of free-flowing it'd be the wrong person to have yeah, right, write that right, kind of right, stuff right. so if they would yeah, take yeah. this they'd probably realize well that's the wrong move yeah you want somebody that's highly because it would take me yeah. hours to yeah. write the contest rule. it would drive me nuts it would make my brain hurt i couldn't uh-huh. figure out how to do it right. and they'd send back revision <laughs> after revision and i'm like oh this is taking me forever just to get one set of contest yeah, rules yeah, done yeah, you belong there <laughs> yeah not my strong suit yeah. in any way, shape, or form. And, and, so. and that, and, and that's a great thing about it. You know, it's uh, and just in your case. I mean, you're going to see, and you're already seeing it, uh, where you're getting clearer on your self direction. You're getting clearer on your role awareness, and that's what it's saying. They're both positive. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've thought throughout the years. I'm like, man, I, I, know, I feel like I know what I need to do in my life, but I'm not doing it. So this kind of put it on there as like, look, that's true. You do know what you want to you, you you know what you want to do, but you're not quite figuring out the way yeah, to do it yet. Yeah, and, yeah, right, and you're getting you're getting clear. Yeah, and as you get more and more clear on this, and your role gets more and more clear, then what will happen is your externals will begin to to rise uh, up the, to rise up as well. You know, and just it, because it, you're more sure in yourself and your yeah, yeah. direction in life. And uh, <clears throat> and you you you've got a, another thing that's really good for you. You've got a good strong self belief, a good strong self-esteem so you feel good about yourself personally mm-hmm. now this is looking at the performance side of it right you know you may have somebody that's really these are pretty high but the, you know their their uh, self-belief their self-esteem is a little bit lower so you know uh, they're always on shaky ground yeah but so this puts you on solid ground and you as these go up you're just going to can see yourself do better and better. Now, see, I would have loved to have taken this in eighth grade. I bet my self-esteem would have been very low. And it would have been nice to see throughout the years. <laughs> negative. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> it'd be awesome to see that and then watch yourself progress throughout yeah, the years that'd be yeah, that'd be a, yeah. that's probably a great experience yeah like your, your your grandkids that you had go through in high school and they keep retaking it yeah yeah they're lucky to have a grandfather like you yeah. that's amazing hopefully <laughs> <laughs> all right so i i guess to to wrap this up um if people want to do this if they want to take these three tests um and and do it with you the advanced insights how how could they get a hold of you? Because you kind of 
you do this for people. You'll put this yep. all together and help them do it. Just uh, email me at ray at trueadvantagegroup.com. Ray at trueadvantagegroup.com and say, hey, Ray. Hey, Ray, I want to do this. I need to figure yeah. myself out. I need to know me better. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you. This is this is so insightful for me, and hopefully other people got uh, something out of it as well. And like I said, if I, uh, I'll put it up on my Instagram, so Rob Z Radio on Instagram, uh, the new IGTV which is like the the TV app for Instagram. I'll put uh, a, a video up of me going through mine so you can get a better idea of what this is and what it looks like. Uh, and then Ray at TrueAdvantageGroup.com. So if you actually want to do it and have a professional take you through it, you'd be the best Thanks. one for that. Love to do it. And you can take any personality test. Right? I mean, if Hexaco is free online. Uh, Myers-Briggs, I think, is free online. So, I mean, you can take those as well. But I think this one, I, and I've taken all of them, and I think this... Uh, by far is the most comprehensive yeah. and the most well-rounded, so it makes perfect well, and, sense. And the other thing, it's like 90, and, and you can attest to that, and everyone else that I've ever uh, had participated in, it's like about 95% accurate. You know, it's not like, you know, if we take all three and we pretty much know what your sock drawer looks like, you know. <laughs> a mess? Mine is a mess. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. <laughs> so we, you know, we we, we kind of know how you're going to react in almost any situation. Yeah. And it's good, I guess, to take this also with a professional because you are then able to fill in any questions. Because I had questions. I didn't really believe. I, I, I didn't bring them with me, but I got I got two three-ring binders that are about that thick Yeah. on backup information and knowledge. Oh, okay. Uh, Jay's written two books. I mean, so... I mean, we're we're seeing the cream of what's behind this. You know, when I talk to Jay about, uh, you know, I'd like to understand how this thing works. He says, "Well, you got thirty thousand dollars in a couple of weeks." He said, "You can, I'll I'll expose you to it." And I said, "It's all right. I didn't want to know it that bad." (laughs) 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 So it's 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 very complex, and it's easy to do. You know that uh, that just grab and drop. I mean, and, and that is more, that's another attribute. That is more accurate than rating like the old, some of the ones that go one to 10. So when you do the grab and drop, they're able to elevate the accuracy. Oh, okay. By doing that. So when when you go to one to 10, they're limited as to how how accurate that can be. But when they do the grab and drop, that expands the, the uh, level of accuracy on the tool. Right. And and it, and it speeds up the process, you know. And mm-hmm. you could change it if you say, well, I think I'd really – and you can go back and look at it and you can move things around until you get it to where, okay, that's me. Mm-hmm. And when it's you, then, you know, you say send and you're, you're, you're on your way. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to take too. I enjoy yeah. taking. It. I mean, you got to give yourself some time and focus on it. Yeah. But it's entertaining. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed going through the whole process. Yep. yep. Um, anything Easy else? Anything else you want to throw in? Can't think of anything. I, I'm sure if uh, sure if we sat here long enough, you could something. Yeah, there's lots more, but uh, you know. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. Thanks, Appreciate Ray. It. It's I, good, great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have you on again, and we'll, we'll cover some other uh, deep topic that people may have never heard of. You okay. know. Look, forward <laughs> Look forward to it. Thanks, Ray. See you. You bet. Powerful powerful episode with my man Ray Overdorf. I love Ray. He's awesome. Hopefully hopefully you got a lot out of that and hopefully you're buying into what we're talking about because it's all real. Take the personality test. Find out for yourself. It's it's incredible. Hey, and you can find me. So uh, Patreon is this platform that allows artists to make money from their fans if their fans want to give them money. It's kind of like a you know, you like what I do, you know, give me a couple of bucks kind of thing. I feel like kind of a, a homeless person promoting it but i love the concept behind it i've supported artists through it so hopefully i can be supported through it as well uh patreon.com forward slash rob z radio so you can donate any money to me to this podcast and i'll let you know right now any money that is donated to the podcast stays in the podcast to go back into the podcast and if you do uh all i'm asking for is a dollar donation patreon.com forward slash rob z radio i'll give you a personal phone call we can chat talk about whatever you want that speaking of talking about whatever we want you know the reason this thing whole thing happens the reason this podcast is alive is because of the sponsors who are a part of it so a thank you to harlequin pepper yoga i love yoga it's a big part of my life and aaron teaches that at harlequin pepper yoga right now if you use the discount code 
Rob Z, okay? Use that either in-store if you walk in at 320 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg or search Harlequin Pepper Yoga in the App Store or Google Play. You will get one month free. Code word Rob Z. One month free toward a six-month or a year membership. And a sports evolution. My dude Alan, who uh, teaches me Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, sportsevolution.net. He's located in Altoona, Pennsylvania. So uh, he's a purple belt in Jiu-Jitsu. He trains Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He also trains in youth martial arts. He trains in CrossFit. He's a certified strength and conditioning specialist, certified personal trainer. Uh, he taught me, number one, Jiu-Jitsu, which I, I'm still a white belt. I got a stripe, though. Don't knock it. Don't knock the hustle. And uh, he also uh, can like fix your body up, right? I mean, just the fact that he's a strength and conditioning specialist and a personal trainer. I threw my back out uh, last year, actually. And Alan's the guy who fixed me up and, and showed me the right moves to make my body stronger, make, make my lower back stronger. And through that, we got into jujitsu and, and became really good friends. So if you want to find out what he's all about, sportsevolution.net and on Facebook and Instagram at Leading Athletes. I That's Sports Evolution in Altoona, 2900 Plank Road. I can't say enough about jujitsu, by the way. Like, it's one of those things that it's kind of like CrossFit. It's kind of like going vegan, right? <laughs> like, I just want to talk about it all the time. I want to talk about how much I love jujitsu at all times. So uh, maybe I'm annoying you by it. But hey, listen, that, the reason I talk about it is because it's one of those life changing things that I guess you don't really understand until you start doing it. And that's uh, some powerful stuff. And I've been trying to get Alan on this podcast for a while. He's a bit of a recluse. So hopefully someday we can get him on here and we can talk all all things jujitsu. That would be awesome. Uh, I have some awesome episodes on the way as well. Some great stuff coming up. Podcasts uh, with some people in my life that I, I really dig and I think you'll dig too. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed Ray. I've got my man Rue Moyer coming up on the next episode. And that's a music episode. He's playing music for you. We're hanging out. We're talking. And also Alex Hazard from uh, a local uh, show Central PA Live, a local, uh, you know, like uh, variety show, is coming back on a, in a couple of days, and he's going to have a great conversation with me as well. So stick around for that. And, and shout out to my dude Jake Over. Shout out to Jake Over. Every beat that you hear on this podcast now is straight from Jake Over. He's my man. He's my dude, and he makes these sick beats. So if you need him, Jake Over, J A K E Over. It's the Takeover with Jake Over. On Rob Z Radio. All right. uh, Peace out, guys. And girls. And squirrels. Hopefully I didn't offend anybody right there. Do squirrels get offended? I I don't know how that works. This is Rob Z Radio. That's brutal.